Hi, I'm Whiskey Stevens, and you're listening to the Grunge Magic Podcast. Over the past few weeks, I engaged myself in conversation with someone. And for anybody who knows me personally, I have a history of talking to people and then getting myself involved in things without really knowing it. Like, I like talking to people. I like asking questions. I'm very curious. But also, I don't really get a lot of social cues. I take things very literally. And sometimes, you know, it can just... I I come across as very naive and I can get myself into situations. And I'm sure that there are others out there like me who do the same thing. But anyway, so I engaged in conversations with a person who seemed to know some things about some things that I wanted to know. And although the person did seem, you know, to know a lot, they also came across as argumentative. And this proved to be true as they began calling people in the occult community grifters. Now, <laughs> the people who this person began to call grifters were not really what I would call grifters, and I really don't think that they are. And I have been seeing some conversations around the subject on Twitter, so I thought, why not do a podcast episode about grifters in the occult community? Now, Google says that a grifter is a person who engages in petty or small-scale swindling. When it comes to the occult community, this would mean someone who doesn't believe in the spiritual aspect, but is using it in order to make money from people. Or they're using their spirituality only for monetary gain. Now, when witchcraft started rising in interest around 2004 and 2005, there was a huge influx of new witches and creators. And at this time, I was just an observer. So I wasn't really putting myself online in the way that I am today. And you'll kind of see that a lot of my social media accounts are newer, like in me being more present online. But at that time, I was kind of just watching. I was watching YouTube videos. I was um, seeing what creators were putting out there. I was kind of reading all of the books. I was just kind of enjoying the general atmosphere of the occult community. Um, so... You know, there was things going on where new witches had come in and creators were now catering to the more people coming into the community. And of course, this also meant that big corporations saw that witchcraft was on the rise and they also tried to cater towards this by adding mystical names onto their products and they tried to add a witchy flair onto their items. And one of the products that I remember was a... Um, an eyeshadow palette that had kind of like they had just pasted a witchy kind of name onto it and they wanted people to buy this eyeshadow palette because of that and there was a large pushback against this company and against this product because they weren't being authentic and everybody could see that they weren't being authentic they were just adding a witchy sounding name onto products without caring about what that really meant or what caring about you know the product itself and they were kind of just calling that witchcraft 
And so, you know, it was a lifeless product in terms of the spiritual component. And I was really glad that most people turned to smaller businesses that were owned by witches and occultists and pagans, etc. Because I think it's really sleazy for big companies to think that they can just slap a name onto something and call it witchcraft and that people will buy it. And even though that is on a larger scale, I would sooner call that being a grifter than the people in our community who I saw were being called grifters. And I think there are multiple points to touch on in this conversation, and I'm going to try to get to all of them, including imposter syndrome, because I think that could also play into this as well. So let's let's first talk about real grifters. <laughs> um, the people who pretend to be spiritual in order to earn a profit, or those who use their spirituality for monetary gain with little regard for the community or for their audience. Spirituality is very, very important, and not something that you want to mess with, I don't think. Um, personally, my own spiritual journey has saved me when I did not want to be living. Years ago, I ended up in a mental institution because I was so depressed that I had a plan to kill myself. I was going to take a bunch of pain pills and end it all. I had spent the entire day in bed crying and I couldn't even tell you why, to be honest. Um, in hindsight, you know, it's I can look back and see, okay, now it was untreated bipolar disorder and that was really just a really low low. But at the time, I didn't know that. And so I had a plan. I had a real plan in place. And it scared me so much to the point that um, I called one of those suicide hotlines. And that took me to the mental hospital. So um, I was in the mental hospital for 30 days. And during that time, the doctor tried three different medications with me, um, but all of them seemed to produce negative side effects until we found one that was okay, but I had to take the smallest dose possible. And beyond that, the doctor began to meditate with me every day and told me that this is something that I should continue to do on my own. And while I was in there, they also had like other programs and yoga was one of the programs. And so before that experience, I had been spiritual, um, but somewhere along the line, I had lost my faith. I had stopped praying, I had stopped feeling connected to anything larger than myself. And there in that hospital, I found a spark of spirituality once again. And I've kind of been running on that ever since. So spirituality is sometimes the only thing that saves someone who wouldn't otherwise be here. And this is why it's so awful when people try to use it in a way that only serves to get paid. A grifter will often have items for sale with little to no thought or meaning behind them, like at all, and the descriptions of their items, like on Etsy or on their website or something, will be very basic and their knowledge of the spiritual component will probably be very little. I think the worst kind of people are the ones who kind of like DM you and they ask if you want a spell done or if you want your fortune told and I think that 
any respectable business owner in the spiritual community is not going to go around DMing people or bugging people because you don't want to be bothering your audience. And if you really do kind of believe in the spiritual aspect, I think that you believe that if you are putting out content or if you're putting yourself out there, the people that are meant to work with you or the people that you can genuinely help are going to come to you. They're going to find you. So DMing people is kind of like, it doesn't make sense. And then there are the people who DM you and say something like, your ancestors sent them to you. And that one kind of makes me laugh because it's so terrible. Like, if my ancestors really wanted to get my attention, they would just come to me directly. And often my ancestors come to me in dreams, and I get really in-your-face dream symbols. For example, like just last week, you know, I'm human, so I'm not always the nicest person that I can be. And I said something really nasty that I should not have said. And I had a dream that I was pulling a needle out of my tongue. Which, of course, to me meant that I have a sharp tongue and that I need to do some forgiving and also some apologizing. So, you know, my ancestors are not going to pick some random person who messages me on Instagram. It's just, it's not going to happen that way. So, (laughs) yeah, like that one makes me laugh, but it's also like I really wish people would stop doing that. Uh, And then there are also people who have now taken up to making fake accounts of larger names in our community. And then they try to use those accounts to take people's money through like readings or spells. And we can see that these people are, of course, grifters. And it's more like open and in your face. But now let's kind of talk about the people that are less in your face about it. Like, how do you identify those people? And I saw two really great tweets on Twitter um, from Warrior Witch Nike and Wild Woman Witchcraft. And I follow them on Twitter because Twitter is like more free, I think. And I like the I like their content on there. Um, so if you're listening to this on YouTube, I will link their Twitter accounts in the description just in case you want to check them out. Because I think that they have really great content. But Warrior Witch Nike's tweet read... The easiest way to tell if someone is a grifter is if their audience is 100% no vices and zero intermediate slash advanced practitioners fuck with them. And Wild Woman Witchcraft's tweet read, Grifters often try to attach themselves to established big names, air quotes, to give their presence validity before it's earned, so they can turn a profit quicker. Occultism is no different and actually is more susceptible to this behavior than you may think. So I do agree with those statements, but I do want to talk about them a little bit. First, I think that um, if you're new in the community, it's totally okay when you first start out to have a group that you are, that are kind of more new with you and to find a community in that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that as long as people are doing good research and that there isn't a bunch of misinformation floating around. Like, if you're new and you find connection with other people that are new, that's great. But also, make sure that you're doing research, you know, you have good information that you're working with, 
etc. Right? That's I think that's why there's a lot of, you know, talk on TikTok, which I'm not actively on TikTok. Um maybe I will be in the future, I don't know. But there's a lot of talk on there about like a bunch of misinformation floating around and I think that's how that happens. So as long as, you know, there's good research happening. But over time, you know, if you are invested and authentic about your spiritual path, I believe that more advanced practitioners will be willing to talk to you or help guide you in the right direction. Of course, this is also left up to personalities. You know, not everybody is going to get along with you. And so not every advanced practitioner, in a sense, is going to like you or want to be associated with you. Sometimes it takes time to find where you fit or who you enjoy being around. And so I think on the kind of on the flip side of that, it's also up to the individual and it's up to all of us to kind of practice discernment in that area. And I think that the saying, you know, you are who you hang out with is very true. Um, Because your friends and your business acquaintances should kind of have the same values or the same morals that you do. And I personally would not want to be friends with somebody who is rude or who who talked down to other people. And, like, if I started associating myself with those kinds of people, of course, that's going to reflect back onto me and back onto who I am. The grifter, though, kind of works in a different way. The grifter, in this sense, is going to want to have a novice crowd around them because they're going to be easier to target. They're not going to know any better, and they're going to be easier to sell things to or to get money from or to, you know, tell their bullshit to. And the more advanced practitioners are just going to see right through them. So, you know, it's just, that's why a grifter over a long period of time is still going to be associated with only newbies or no vices because it's easier to target those people. And a reply to this tweet was by Devin Hunter. Um, and I follow all these people on Twitter just because I, I really like their accounts. And that's really how I came to read this kind of Twitter conversation that was happening. Um, But he said that basically he doesn't associate himself with grifters like that because they're only out to serve themselves. And kind of like with any kind of business partnership, there has to be, I think, a win-win situation, especially in the spiritual community. I think it's more like a win-win-win situation, actually. Um, Because the community and the audience itself must get value. And if you feel as if somebody is only in it for themselves and not there to build relationships or to build a community, I would say listen to that feeling and then just move on. Like, so many times we try to justify our own intuition. And that, me, honestly, in my own life, me trying to justify my intuition, um, you know, has put me in situations or kept me in situations for way longer than I needed to be there and it just hurt me in the the end. So listen to your intuition if something feels off about somebody. You could potentially even call these people energy vampires as well because they want your time and your energy with little to no return or regard for you at all. 
So they're really just, you know, they're really trying to just use their audience or use other people. And so now for uh, grifters kind of attaching themselves to big names in order to turn a profit sooner or to sell more of something. So when Temperance, she also kind of talked about validity, right? And how people will try to attach themselves to big names in order to seem more valid, in order to get paid quicker. And I think this is because, like, if you are actually passionate and authentic and genuine, you are, you're not going to care how long it takes. Or you're not going to care how, uh, you know, you have to be patient to build something for yourself, And if you're passionate, you're just not going to care. You're going to want to be doing that anyway. So it doesn't matter how long it takes. But if you're a grifter, and if you're only in it for making money, you're going to want to do it as quickly as possible. And so you're going to try to use people in order to kind of just do that. And so you're using your audience, you're using these people, and, you know, you're not really caring about anything but yourself. And that's kind of... I think that's the validity and patience part of it. It, it. It's backwards for people who are grifters. And it's also interesting because I think people put creators on a pedestal. And, and they think that they're rich or that they're above things. When really, they're just normal people. And often, they still have normal jobs. And especially in the occult and spiritual community, they're just creators who are extremely passionate about what they do. So I think in a way, it's kind of like it's extra weird for the people who this happens to because they're just trying to live normal lives and protect the communities that they've built. I think that there is a way to work together with people, but it must be authentic and nothing can be only about the money because that's when things become shallow and empty and meaningless. And when I first came online, I wanted to make friends in the spiritual community. You know, like, I wanted to be in the spiritual community. And now that I'm more in it, I'm like, okay, I could probably take a few steps back. (laughs) But at the time, you know, on the outside looking in, you know, you just want to be in it. And for some reason, you know, because the larger influencers are the ones that I saw the most, I thought that's who I should try to be friends with. And honestly, it was because it seemed like everybody gathered around these people, and that's where I, too, would find a sense of community. So, of course, you know, over time, you really find that the best way to build a community is to really build your own community. And even then, if you're looking for, like, real friendships, even in an online space, you will usually find one or two really great people that you get along with, and that you can count on, and vice versa. Mostly, you know, you're going to find people who are authentic, and it's just like in the normal world. You know, even though the spiritual community is bigger kind of online, uh, you're only going to find a handful of people that you really connect with, that have your values, that you want to spend more time with, and that do become, you know, genuine friends. So, you know, it's just the same thing in real life. You can't be friends with everybody. And often, you're only going to find a handful of people, right? Um, Even if you are kind of part of a larger community. So being authentic, I think, it, it really matters. Because being authentic brings you back to people that create things that are genuine and that are authentic. 
And if they have something that they've put work into and created something like a book, you know, it's okay to work together with other people in a way that is advantageous for them and mostly for your audiences. And it is the grifters who try to attach themselves to other people only for the sake of selling something that kind of sucks. Because that's just using people and isn't building a relationship at all. And it's a shitty thing to do. And in that way, Devin was right. You know, they're only out for themselves. The spiritual and occult community, even though it may seem really big, is actually small. And people do talk. And it's best to be honorable and authentic and show up in a way that represents your true self. I've struggled with the way that I show up and I try not to blame it on mental illness because I don't want to use that as an excuse. But at times I have totally missed appointments, had low weeks where I did not get out of bed, and I misunderstand social cues which makes it hard to make friends. But I think the thing is, the thing that keeps me personally going is knowing that with everything I did and that everything I do, I have good intentions. Like, my intentions are never vindictive. Or, I, you know, I always do want to make a relationship. And so if you can trust yourself and you can know yourself on that level, I think finding your way in the spiritual community will be okay. Basically, everyone is human, and even if it looks like they should be on a pedestal, they're human beings, and nobody wants to be used. And for anyone listening right now who may have imposter syndrome or anxiety, like me, I, I want to just talk a little bit about maybe the right way to go about things, because I think it will be helpful to those of us who are genuinely good people. <laughs> So, you know, everything I said is not to say that if you are a spiritual person, you can't have a spiritual business or that you can't create something and then sell it. There are wonderful people who write books that are meaningful and they make money off of them. But it comes from an authentic and a passionate place. There are people who create tools and clothing and artwork and they make a living off of it in the spiritual community. But again, it comes from a meaningful and authentic place. If your heart is in the right place, I think that is the foundation. As well, do not give up your spiritual practice and don't use your spiritual practice solely for money. Something I came to learn was the busier that I got with writing and content creation, the more my spiritual practice actually went to the wayside. And that's when I started to feel blah again. I started waking up late, being tired, not feeling connected, and I had to put my spiritual practice above everything else. It is the thing which everything else rests upon. And even if I were doing something else for a living, it would still be there with me. So I think the first and foremost is to have a spiritual practice that is meaningful to you beyond monetary value. It's very obvious, right? But for the sake of what we're talking about, I think it needs to be said. Your spiritual practice cannot be just for monetary value. It needs to come before everything 
And, um, you know, if you're using it for monetary value, it's just, is it even spiritual at that point, you know? (laughs) So, next, it's important to recognize the way in which spiritual business is different from mainstream business. The same marketing techniques won't necessarily work the same, and it will be much more about building a connection and being authentic rather than the normal capitalist view of just making more and more money. You need to have products and services that you can stand by and that you can feel good about. And I recently took a marketing class through Witchy Wisdoms because when I first started putting together ideas and products, I got really excited and I wanted to share them with everyone. And I reached out to people that I wanted to work with, but I did it in the wrong way. Like, literally the completely wrong way. (laughs) And I can't share what was in the whole course because I think it would kind of be rude to pay for a course and then just share all the information, kind of taking away all of witchy wisdom's time and energy. But I will say, reaching out to people you may want to work with and making connections should be done in a professional way that honors their time and energy And it's probably best to put together a media kit. (laughs) So just do it the most professional way that you can. And finally, before you jump into business in the spiritual space, I think it's best to take your time to learn about your path, research, and build connections. The spiritual journey itself is a lifelong journey. There is no rush in being able to make a living doing something that you love. When you take your time and educate yourself on your path, whether you are a folk magician, ceremonialist, pagan, Christian witch, herbalist, you know, whatever your path is and whatever you want to do, the more information that you have and the more passion that you have behind your project, the better it will be. The better your tools will be, the better your products will be, the better your content will be, and the deeper a connection you'll be able to make with your audience. Nurture your audience. Watch out for your audience. That's one thing that a grifter definitely does not do, because they're just using their audience. And when you look out for your own audience, you aren't going to want to work with everyone. When you're looking out for your audience, you're not going to be taking every brand deal or continually just selling them products that you don't care about. Nurturing and caring for your audience means you put them first and foremost. And lastly, if you are worried about being a grifter, chances are you aren't one, right? Like, if you're worried about being a psychopath, you probably aren't a psychopath. If you're worried about being a grifter, you're probably not a grifter. I just wanted to say this again, you know, because I get it for people who battle with imposter syndrome or anxiety. And if you aren't approaching each interaction in a way of using people and only getting something out of it for yourself, if you aren't pretending to be spiritual for money or only using your spirituality for money, then I think you're fine. But it is something to be aware of. You know, there aren't always, not everybody is a a nice person. And it's something that you'll have to trust your own intuition with more often than not. So, you know, if somebody's Instagram is not 
full of them or their values if they're not sharing themselves and it's only posts about sales and no real information you know probably stay away from it I would think if people try to pressure you if they try to say their ancestors sent sent you to them or whatever or try to continually you know try to bug you into buying things you know stay away from them um there are grifters there are grifters in our community but i think the majority of the community is genuine and you know more than not and so that's really where this conversation kind of came about and why i wanted to have it um so anyway stay say no to grifters say no to internet bullies stay badass stay magical and stay grunge I will see you again for the next episode.